Welcome into the Denver Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday night as we follow what I believe to be the greatest win in Nuggets franchise history. How about them Nuggets, man? How about the 3-1 comeback twice over against the championship favorite Los Angeles Clippers who absolutely folded like a folding chair? against the little old Nuggets. To break it all down, I have brought on two special guests. First, a senior writer for Denver Stiffs, Brandon Ewing, writer and podcaster extraordinaire, Nick Herzog. Both of these guys are incredible. Make sure to follow them on Twitter if you can. Uh, guys, I'll start with Brandon first. What a win. What an impressive victory. They almost won it from wire to wire, coming back from what was an incredible they had a really nice start and then fell apart at the beginning of the second quarter but other than that they were in control for this entire game oh they dominated and fraud city we're all standing up baby because we are super hyped the nuggets are going to their first western conference finals up here fraud city stand up yeah it is great this is the most energy i've ever heard brandon uh use on a podcast so (laughs) no i would uh, i would be I would be even more hyped, but I don't want to get a noise complaint because my dog gets a noise complaint like every single day, but I'm yelling in here. I'm super hyped. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so excited, man. The The Nuggets are one of four teams left. There's only four teams left in the NBA and we're one of them. So let's go. I'm excited. You know, I don't, the Lakers don't know what's coming. They don't know what's coming. First time in 11 years, it's revenge series, baby. Nick, give me that energy, yeah. man. What are you feeling right now? What am I feeling? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I want to say that I'm I'm shocked, but I, I'm really not. Like, I, I I picked the Nuggets to win by 11 right before the game tipped off. I had a good feeling about this game all day, and I was telling you a little earlier. Like, I I, I struggle to w- with things like this. I struggle to listen to my heart or my head, right? And I'm like, well, my my head says this analysis makes sense. But my heart's telling me this, and and so when I'm when I'm trying to prognosticate for my own team, it's really hard for me to like detach that emotion, right? Because like obviously I sure I felt like the Nuggets were the better team. I felt like they were gonna win, but my head kept telling me they were gonna win. Like the more I thought about the series, the more How I was insane. looking at the matchups. Yeah, I was like, they're just the better team. And so then and and then obviously I felt like they were the better team, and I was like, look, screw it, I'm just going with it. I think. I think they're the better team, and I think they're going to show it tonight. And if anybody has any doubt that the Denver Nuggets were not the better team in this series, I don't I don't know what else they need. This was not an epic choke job by the Clippers. This was a better team going full throttle on a team that was not prepared for what they were going to face with this Nuggets team. You know why you think they were why, – why most people thought – that the Clippers were favorited because everybody said that they were favorited. Everybody right. told you that they were a much more talented team, a much because more talented franchise. LA. Yeah, they, they had the the entire media, like the national narrative was backing them every single time. And it really, like it, it, you just missed the Nuggets. Like the Nuggets were completely missed. It's why they are fraud city. It's why we are standing up on this and we're going to choke we're going to we're going to crow about this. We are going to make the jokes, talk about it at oh, high volume. We deserve so many victory laps. Of, so of course, many victory laps of on course, this. Of course. This right. is great. This this feels and this is the second time that they've come from 3-1. Yep. What are we talking about here? This team is special. Michael Malone said at post game, all of the players feel it. They understand that this is a special group. We know what we're seeing here with this team. And it's time that other people, Brandon, it's time other people get on board. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you guys. I, I'm just, I was super pissed off with everyone saying that the Clippers kind of choked or whatever. The, the Nuggets were clearly the better team. And it's not like everyone was treating the Nuggets like they're a damn 16 seed playing a one seed. This was a two versus three matchup. So I mean, and the Nuggets were clearly the better team every step away. They had the best player in the series in Nikola Jokic. So this, this is no shock to any of us who've been watching this team the past few years. They continue to grow under Michael Malone. I think he did a fantastic job. He preaches defense, and what is it that got him to the Western Conference Finals? It was their defense. They played with fantastic energy on that end of the floor, and that's what got him there. So huge shout-out to Michael Malone and his coaching staff and, of course, the Nuggets players because they deserve every second of this moment. Think about how different our feelings were just three weeks ago or so, where the Nuggets were down 3-1 in the series against the Utah Jazz. They had fought back in Game 4, but completely quit 
in Game 3. It was unbelievable to see. It kind of just it looked like it was falling apart. And mm-hmm. you knew Jamal Murray wasn't going to go down without a fight. He had 50 in Game 4. But then he comes back and does it again and again. And then Nikola Jokic closes the series. And then they get into this one. And the momentum just keeps going despite the fact, like you guys said, they, they were tired in game one, but they've been the better team in this series. They proved that twice over, thrice over, and then they won a fourth game. And nobody was predicting this. Nobody even saw it coming. Well, Nick saw it coming. Brandon saw it coming. Both of you guys picked the Nuggets before well, this series. Okay, so. okay, I get it. No, I have to own this. I picked Clippers in seven, actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, My I, fault. I did have it. I did have it going seven, but I did pick the Clippers, and I I really thought that in the end, Kawhi and his experience and the role players on the Clippers would be enough, and and the the perimeter defense would be enough to keep Murray in check and that Jokic wouldn't be able to just do enough on his own. But I, yeah, I mean, I was flat wrong. And I, but, but I will say by about, I don't know, midway of game five, when they came back in game five, um, I started changing my tune. I mean, I, I really saw something different from this team and some growth and that's why I picked them. I did pick them tonight to win. So I, I did backtrack on, on my original take, but uh, yeah. So I will say I, I didn't see this coming. Like I, I didn't necessarily see Murray having the series that he had. I thought he was going to have a lot more trouble with the perimeter D of, of the Clippers than he had. And granted he did have some trouble uh, and they had, you know, one fantastic defender after another to throw at him this series, but to put up 40 in a game seven against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George and Patrick Beverly is superstar level Steph Curry level pick your pick your 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 point guard player level stuff like it's Jamal Murray catapulted himself tonight if he hadn't already in the Utah series he catapulted himself tonight into the upper echelon of guards in this league and if you don't recognize that and then you don't further recognize that Jokic is a top five player in this league not top 10 he is a top five player. He outplayed Kawhi Leonard in this series. I think the transitive uh, property now says that he's a better player than Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that's that's just how that works, right? Like, hey, Brandon, t- talk me off that ledge, man. Like, Nikola Jokic showed up in this game, and Kawhi Leonard did not. Oh, 100%. I think Nikola Jokic absolutely dominated. They had no answer for him. I mean, he was finding every single open man out there. They continued doubling. They continued throwing different coverages at him, and he just continued to beat him. And he, he was the one that stepped up in this Game 7. And kind of like Nick was saying, I didn't pick the, the Nuggets to actually win this series either. I think I'm pretty sure I picked the Clippers in six. So I didn't really see this coming either. I thought that after the Utah series, the Nuggets would just be a little tired. They wouldn't be able to get the job done. And I've just seen Kawhi Leonard do it before. But in the end, Jokic truly got the best of him. Jokic was easily the best player in the series. And I'm feeling pretty good because before the playoffs started, I picked the Nuggets to win it all in our little Denver Stiffs prediction thing. So, hey, they're one of four <laughs> teams remaining. So I didn't pick them to win this Props. series, but a long time ago, I picked them to win it all. So, hey, Let's, we still have everybody life. Everybody take every victory lap you can right now on anything 100%. You can. <laughs> 100%. And, and for the record, Skip, I have you at Nuggets and Seven on the on the oh. series preview graphic, dude. Let's go. I think honestly, <laughs> though, I could maybe see me doing that because every time we do one of these things, I feel bad picking the other team. So I always just say, "Hell, why not? I'll just pick the Nuggets to win in seven because I'd rather yeah. have them win than absolute than pick the other team and be successful that way." So hey, Nuggets and Seven, I'm a damn genius, baby. Thank I you pick, for correcting me, Ryan. I picked the Clippers in six, and I didn't think that they would have the energy. After all of the games that they had played in the seeding game shorthanded, after having to come back from Utah down 3-1, uh, we, we saw it in game one against this Clippers team. But like other than that, the Nuggets were just as active and energized and aware and forceful with how they played as the Clippers were. And in five of those seven games, at least, they were the better team. And it really showed. Like They, they had this thing, and it was clear from game four that it, it, they had to make a couple of changes. They had to get the offense going. They made the necessary adjustments. And I've got to give credit to one person that I don't think we give enough credit to, and that's Michael oh, here Malone. We go. I'm ready for this. First go, of all, Michael Malone. Yeah. Michael Malone, happy 49th birthday. Uh, what a birthday present because Nikola Jokic 
he had to come to play. Jamal Murray, he had to come to play. But more importantly, the Nuggets were prepared for all of these games from game two onward. And they gave the Clippers everything they had every single game. And Michael Malone coached circles around Hall of Famer Doc Rivers. It was unbelievable to watch. I have to eat some crow on this because I did not think that Michael Malone was capable of doing what he's doing. He has solidified himself as an excellent playoff coach, has made the proper adjustments to get the most out of this Nuggets team, and he was excellent once again tonight. Had the Nuggets going on a string for the entire game. The defense was incredible. He's been preaching that the entire year, and he's finally got it. The Nuggets, with their backs up against the wall, really bought into what their coach was saying, and they delivered. So good for Michael Malone. Nuggets fans, put some respect on that dude's name because he absolutely deserves it. Yeah, I need to jump in and eat crow too because I, after, oh man, after they were down, I don't know, it was 2-1, 3-1. You know, I did a couple podcasts with uh, Miroslav and some of the Serbian guys and I was I was pretty down on him too. And I was like, you know, I really latched onto this comment that he made after game four where he said like, you know, that Murray was getting hounded and we need to get him some help. And I was like, we didn't realize that until game four. Like this, you know, the Clippers have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Pat Beverly. Like, of course, Murray was going to get hounded and need some help, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, but totally he outcoached from that point forward. And I don't even know what, you know, was game planned before that. It could have been that the Nuggets had talked about some stuff and it just didn't come to fruition or whatever. It's it's real hard to know, like, you know, what sort of conversations were happening behind the scenes that the Nuggets maybe just didn't execute correctly or whatever. But for sure, from five, six, seven, uh, games five, six, and seven, Malone totally outcoached Doc Rivers. And I know coming out of this game now, the big, narrative from Clippers Nation is that Doc Rivers is a horrible coach and he choked and all that stuff. Doc Rivers is a great coach. He's choked coached championship teams. He's been a he's been a high level coach for a long time. I think Michael Malone, you know, again with all of these narratives, the Nuggets never get the credit they deserve. Michael Malone is an outstanding coach. I have grown in this series to learn to not doubt him, as I've learned to not doubt this team generally. And it, it you know it, it's I, I don't necessarily want to say that I was wrong for being a little skeptical. I mean, this is a young team. We're, we're, you know, we don't, we didn't totally understand the pieces we had. We didn't totally understand yet how these players would would play together under the kind of pressure and with the kind of competition that they're playing against right now. We didn't know how Malone would coach in a game seven against the, you know, prohibitive favorites necessarily. Um, so to see this all play out the way it has, it's been it's been a joy to watch, and I'm I'm perfectly happy to say that I was. Uh, wrong to criticize Malone. I think he is the right guy for this job because I, I I was kind of starting to lean toward this idea that maybe he he would be better as a defensive like assistant coach or something, or maybe that the Nuggets had reached their ceiling with him or something like that. I wasn't like totally dug in on that, but I was starting to wonder if maybe that's where this was going, especially if they would have lost like in five to the Clippers, or especially if they would have lost to the Jazz sure. in round one. Um, but I think this series is it, – it's just – yeah, you go down the roster, right? It's Malone. It's Murray. It's Jokic. It's so many people. Like, I think Grant has proven to have a valuable role in this team. Uh, it's Gary Harris proving what an absolute valuable addition he is to this team. I mean, so many guys that had sort of question marks or, we, we you know, took some heat for, for different inconsistencies. I, I think this series has really shown us all that – we need to just stick with this group. Like they, they have what they need to win it all. Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's next year. But the the future is super bright. We have the core that we need. Skip, End give me rant. one hot take. Skip, give me one hot take before we go to break. Um, I don't know if it's a hot take, but the Nuggets aren't playing in the Western Conference Finals if Gary Harris doesn't come back from injury. I mean, yeah, I think as big, as big as Jokic and Murray have been, 
the Nuggets were two and three in games without Harris, and never since Harris came back, they're six and three. He's been incredible. He's found his offense. I mean, just those two to three threes he makes per game is so huge for this team. It, it just helps helps them out so much. So I think as big as Jokic and Murray have been, I think Gary Harris has been just as important. I think he's really the main one of the main reasons that they'll be playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to delve deeper into this actual game. We're going to talk about what happened. We're going to go through each of the players and and who gets the credit, who gets the blame for the Clippers side of things. And then in segment three, we're going to talk about the Lakers. Now we get to talk about the Western Conference Finals, baby. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Denver Stiff Show. Ryan Blackburn here, joined tonight by Brandon Ewing, Nick Herzog. A couple good, good dudes that you should follow on Twitter. Make sure that if, <laughs> if they write something, if they podcast about something, if they tweet something, then it's probably worth your time. Uh, Nick, am I giving you too much credit? Yeah, absolutely. I say a lot of stuff <laughs> that's bullcrap. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. I'd, say, I'd say the... I'd say the same for myself as well. I tweet like I tweet like a maniac. Sometimes I don't even know what's coming out of my finger. Sometimes, yeah, dude, you you should have seen my tweet my my feed uh, after this game. <laughs> like I I'm, I'm <laughs> at my fingertips posting memes, posting quotes, crowing about things, posting stats. Oh my god, it, it's been. It's been incredible. So give those guys a follow. Uh, make sure you're you're tuning into what we're doing over at Denver Stiffs because, like the Nuggets, we're doing some special stuff over there. So make sure to keep it tuned there, guys. Game seven was awesome. Let's talk about it more in depth. Uh, let's start with the best player in this series and maybe a top five player in the NBA, Nikola Jokic. Uh, the Clippers doubled him pretty much the entire game. They never gave him an opportunity to shoot. And it was really impressive to see him handle that as well as he did. He had a few bad turnovers, but overall, 16 points, 13 assists, 22 rebounds. When Jokic is in an elimination game, he rebounds the shit out of the ball. That is just something that that he has started to do really well. Uh, He played great defense, had two steals, three blocks, was just a, a force all over the floor, was the best player in this series, maybe not this game. We'll we'll get to the other guy real quick. Uh, but Brandon, let's start with you. What more can be said about Nikola Jokic as one of the elite talents in the NBA? People just need to put respect on his name, man. I think he really is one of the top five players in the NBA. He's he propelled this team over what many were thinking was the best remaining team in the NBA. Final, or the NBA playoffs and the Clippers. So I just think people need to respect him more. He got a career high in rebounds tonight for a playoff game with 22. He was just finding the open man left and right. And, I mean, he only attempted 13 shots, which actually seems like a lot because he didn't really have that many to, uh, going into the fourth quarter. But, again, you know, he just did his job. He was always finding the open guy. He was a plus 22. I thought that he was fantastic. And I, I think that we can expect to see more of the same in the next series because I don't really know if the Lakers have an answer for him too. And, I mean, I don't know if you could stop the guy right now especially when he's this hot he's on another level uh nick what what can you say yeah. about the joker right now uh the point the his points don't I, i've never seen a more dominating performance by somebody who scored under under 20 points yeah. in any nba game i've ever seen i don't think like he he controlled every aspect of that game that he was in and it doesn't his scoring was irrelevant that that was not that was not the issue they yep. had to double him and they, they just decided after the last couple of games that Jokic was not going to beat them and you 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 pick your poison see so you decide Jokic isn't going to beat you you double him every time he gets you he gets the ball all right you have left open you know a number of shooters on this team and not to mention you know Murray in the pick and roll with him was was really able to take advantage of uh, a lot of mismatches, and it it just it just opened up everything else for everybody else on the team. And I was, you know, saying after halftime that really if the if the Nuggets shooters can hit wide open shots, the game's over. 
I mean, it really yep. came down to that because Jokic was getting everybody else on the court wide open shots. So all you had to do was just make wide open shots. That's it. And the Nuggets made enough of those. And in, in the past, we've seen them at times not make those. You know, last year against Portland in game seven, everything got tight. Everything <laughs> clammed up. They couldn't hit an open shot. Uh, so they were they lost that series. This year, they were so much looser. They've been there before. And Jokic was getting – he was just – he was peppering the ball around the court. And his points were just irrelevant. They, they The Clippers had to focus on him because he ate alive their defense. And – it just freed up every, literally every other player on the court. It's and interesting. We, I, I've never I, really seen a dominating performance like that from a center that did that wasn't scoring. Absolutely, like like we we've never seen like we've seen defensive performances from guys. We've seen we've seen the uh, the switches and getting out there on blocks. We've seen the shooting performances like a uh, a Carl Anthony Towns will will go to town as a scorer or something like that and. But mm-hmm. with this performance, 16, 22, 13, 2, and 3. Like, what are we talking about here? I've been, I have been so impressed with his ability to just read what every, whatever the Clippers are throwing at him and do exactly what needs to be done in order to make that play. Yep. Uh, it, like you said, it wasn't about scoring tonight because he was being doubled every single possession. He, instead of just throwing to the easy outlet, a lot of times he held the ball in that double for as long as possible to make sure his players could cut, make sure the floor was spaced. Then he found an open jump shooter, and then he found an open cutter. And it was just an incredible dismantling of what the Clippers were trying to do out there. They only played Ivica Zubac 14 minutes, and they decided to go small for most of this game. And it really cost them. They didn't know what to do when Avisa Zubac was off the floor. And I just, I, I don't understand that move by Doc Rivers, but more power to the Nuggets for being able to counter what they wanted to do. Uh, but let's talk about Murray. Yeah, just let me throw out one more stat. I I didn't have sure. time to, to fact check this, but I've been I've been hearing it floating around that Jokic was the, the only player to ever get a triple-double in the first three quarters of a, a game seven or yep. was the youngest or so, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. So... It, I, I mean, that's that's including people like, I don't know, LeBron James, Jason Kidd. Like, think of th- whoever the great assist, you know, men were of the past. Your center just did that. <laughs> like, yeah, this is right? we, there is no there is no analogy to this. There is there's no there's nothing to compare this to. He is a freak. He's a he's a complete unicorn. And that's what makes this team so fascinating and so dangerous moving forward is nobody can prepare for this. Well, I think there is another stat too. I th- is he the only player to now have two triple doubles in two game sevens? Because I want to say I saw that one as well. Could be. It's very possible. I I definitely think that that's something that's that's actually I don't know if that's been done before by by anybody. Like we've seen yeah. LeBron put on some really impressive performances like that, but I don't know if we've ever seen two like that. That is that is pretty impressive if that's actually true. Yeah, and I think another. St- thing that I was really impressed by tonight with Jokic is he picked up those four fouls towards the end of the third quarter and even in the mm. fourth quarter he didn't pick up another foul. It's a really he's good been point. Get, he's been getting really smart with that and a lot better this year than he has in the past few years to just not foul out because he's so valuable just being on the court and he's been so much better than and not we haven't even touched on his defense. I thought right. his defense was incredible. It was tonight. exceptional like, tonight, I thought. Like he was baiting Harold to the hoop and he was just Stuffing it with the hoop or making the shot difficult, and they just weren't going in. So I thought his defense was huge. He played 40 awesome minutes. So, Nikola Jokic, you're the man. Game ball from the Denver Stiffs. Uh, Yeah, I mean, but Murray made it a competition, let's be honest. Like, Murray dropped 40 points. 40 in a game seven. On 26 shots. On 26 shots. He barely had any free throws. He was as efficient as efficient can be in a Game 7 environment with all of the pressure on you. Like, the Nuggets don't have another dribbling threat. It's it's really Jokic and him, and Jokic isn't a traditional dribbler. So it really is Murray who's creating a lot of this by himself. And Murray puts up 44-5 and five in a Game 7 against what I think is one of the best perimeter defenses in the entire NBA and possibly one of the historical groups, like when they're all locked in. But totally. Murray didn't care. It was unbelievable to watch a star being born in this bubble 
and Murray really capped it. Like he, they still have some stuff to go, so he could continue to add to his performances. But this was really the cherry on top because when the Clippers needed to lock in, when they needed to hit that switch, it was the Nuggets who were hitting that switch, and Murray who was doing it himself. Uh, Nick, what'd you see from Murray tonight? He was phenomenal in the second quarter. I I thought you know when the game was starting to it wasn't slipping away because we've obviously seen this <laughs> this team come back from from huge. But deficits, they needed to so. stay attached. But they, they did. They yeah, really, and, yeah. And they, I felt they just go ahead. Yeah. Well, I felt like it, it, it wasn't that the game would have slipped away, but that if the Nuggets were were close by halftime, like when the Nuggets were only down by two at halftime, I knew the Nuggets were going to win. I was fully confident because yep. the pressure was all on the Clippers. It was monumental amount of pressure on those guys to, to, to close it out in the second half. And Murray is the one that enabled that he's, he is the one that caused, he heaped the mountain of pressure onto the Clippers by keeping them real close in the second quarter. And, you know, his, his playmaking, his scoring it, it was huge. And then his FU threes in the fourth quarter, <laughs> that's just what I'm calling them. Those two absurd, you know, Dame Lillard style threes that he had were just straight up middle fingers to the Clippers when they were, they were starting to really feel themselves. The Nuggets were starting to really feel themselves and could feel the win and Murray just iced it. And to me, that's the the perfect counterbalance to Jokic. Jokic is the constant. He's the rock you build this team around. He is the playmaker. Everything else revolves around Yuri uh, uh, Murray is the alpha. He's the he's the guy with the chip on his shoulder. He's the guy that will scream running down the court. He's the guy that hits the fu shots. And we saw that tonight, and I loved loved it. He played all twenty four minutes of the first quarter or of the first half and then finished with 45 minutes in this game. He was a warrior out there. When they needed somebody to really step up, space the floor, be a dynamic offensive player, and play that two-man game with Nikola Jokic that he's perfected, he was up to the task. And those two, this was perhaps like the best Jokic-Murray game we've ever seen. I like I, I really do think that there is something to that. Skip... Are there any superlatives to Murray's game that you can throw onto this fire? Or, or are we just going to have to start calling him all-star caliber Jamal Murray, superstar caliber Jamal Murray? Oh, yeah, he's all-star caliber, superstar caliber. I love Nick's analogy with the FU threes because <laughs> I've always wondered what to call those, and those are 100% FU shots. Like, he's <laughs> just it. straight... He's just straight middle fingering the ball straight through that hoop. That's literally incredible. No, it's it's crazy to me that he was able to play 45 minutes, especially when just two days ago he took that hard shot, and we, were, we weren't even sure if he's going to finish the game. Yep. But that's just who Jamal Murray is. He, he comes back two days later, and he plays 45 minutes. He was absolutely incredible. Those 20 points in the second quarter were so big because, like you guys said, it, it was kind of slipping away from the Nuggets a little bit. But, I mean, they could be down 30 points, and the game's really not out of reach. So he was huge to keep him in um i can't wait to see what he does next series because i think that you know he's got a chance to to really do something special again and he's already shown us so much in these playoffs i think that he's already on that path to be an all-star next season and he's on that superstar path yeah he's he's a top 20 player now i think without question how crazy is that that is it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable because there was so much discussion after his contract was signed that the nuggets were making a mistake that mm-hmm. they were doing the wrong thing in terms of adding him to their team. And and I wasn't sure that they were doing the right thing, to be honest. I mean, I, was. I really needed to see this playoffs. I know. And you can take a victory lap <laughs> on this one, Ryan, because I know you've been on the Murray bandwagon forever. I, you know, going back a while now, I, I wasn't sure that he was the right point guard for this team. Uh, now, uh, first, well, first of all, now I realize <laughs> positions are irrelevant in the NBA for the most part. like Really is yeah. true. Like, if you've got Jokic yeah. diming people up at 13 totally. assists in a, in, a, in a game seven, then, like, my God. Yeah, Murray's point guard by title, but it, it doesn't – he just has this – he has a specific role on this team. That's all that really matters. We call it a point guard because we have to call it something. But, like, sure, he he's Murray. That, that's what he is on this team. And he has blossomed into something that I, – I, I don't even know. Ryan, did you really see him – being like a 30 point a game guy with like seven assists in this playoffs. Cause if he Not did, a, props, no, but I, no. I didn't see that level. 
Yeah, not not in these playoffs. And and that's the most impressive thing about this was because he is he's coming into his own as a star in the most difficult possible moments because the, the this team was going to be the one that challenged him the most. I said that at oh, the totally. beginning of this and it really looked like through four Nightmare games matchup for him. like it, it was just a bad matchup and then he had he had one good game in the four games. In, in game two and they won that game but other than that he was pretty inconsistent and they needed better from him and he got better in game five he got better in game six and then on game seven puts the cherry on top with one of the best performances i've ever seen him have and that's including the 50 pointers that he had mm-hmm. against utah just a couple weeks ago so yeah it's more impressive than those because utah had no defense yeah, well, he did this against Kawhi and Paul George in a desperation game for a team that thought they were all in this year for a championship. I mean, it's incredible what he did. He didn't he outscored Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combined, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, I'm so. pretty sure. What did they combine for? Like 24? They combined for 24. He outscored them by 16 yeah. points. 24 I mean, on 38 shots. That's staggering. No one would have predicted that. No one. No, not the biggest Nuggets fan in the world would have predicted that. Yeah, I, I didn't predict that, that's for sure. I thought Kawhi Leonard would show up in this game, but let's get to him real quick before we hop to a break. Like, 6 of 22 for Kawhi Leonard, only 6 rebounds. You had 6 assists and only 2 turnovers, but, like, can you do a little bit better than what you're putting out there, my guy? Like, like this was a, a brutal performance from a guy who's supposed to be a superstar, and I coronated as the best player in the NBA like in in game one of this series, like I, I said, hey, I think he's the best player, and as it turns out, maybe Jokic has something to say about that. Maybe <laughs> maybe the rest of these Nuggets have something to say about that. If this guy is going to put up six of twenty two in a closeout game seven, like my word, dude, what are you talking about here? Yeah, the the the, the Nuggets defense is a, is a whole was fantastic. No matter who was guarding Kawhi tonight, they were great. I mean, Mason Plumley was guarding Kawhi one time one on one, and he had a fantastic closeout. So I mean, it it was a group effort. They did a great job. They did the same thing with Paul George too. I mean, Paul George was rattled. Do you guys remember that three pointer in the fourth quarter where he like hit the side of the hoop? Yep. Like, oh yeah. I don't side like. I don't even know how you do that. That the was Nuggets a specific were just moment in their head. when I thought the game was over. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you you know a hundred percent. Then he like almost airballed it like three hoops away to the right. Uh-huh. Like it was incredible. <laughs> so I mean, the the Nuggets defense has a lot to do with that. And I mean, they they just played really good. They really clamped down when they needed to, and it, they they complemented it with even better offense. It's just like Michael Malone says: when the Nuggets play good defense, their offense is always good. And it, it was a recipe for success tonight, and it has been the last three games. Paul George was also poor tonight. Four of sixteen. Playoff P. Pandemic P. Just was just was not not a shower for tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, His pressure body got, language was bad all game too. Oh I yeah, thought. he oh yeah, he just looked checked out. It was like I, seriously. By the time that like middle of the third quarter rolled around and the Nuggets were starting to pull ahead, you could just tell these guys just checked out. They were like, we just don't have it. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the crazy thing was the Clippers look like just a bunch of guys, like an all-star team you put together that just is not very good because it's just a bunch of good players, but it just doesn't seem like they're having fun playing with each other when the Nuggets is the opposite. Maybe the Nuggets don't have as much talent, but my God, these guys love playing with each other. They love one another. They love their chemistry, and I really think that prevails, especially in the NBA, because those guys just look like they're not having a good time while the Nuggets is the complete opposite. Yeah, that's a great point. I think George Carl tweeted out tonight the team beats talent and i i think we saw that on display tonight i mean you have to have a certain level of talent obviously but at some point like yeah just talent alone is not enough and they 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 need more time to build to build some sort of a team culture here and they just didn't have it the nuggets are built not bought they brought in their guys through the draft they stuck with them they developed them they brought in michael malone He's been through the highs and lows of this team, and there have been a lot of both. Like, like this team has really showed a lot of progression, and then they've taken a lot of steps in the right direction. But I didn't even know if this team would, would be able to get over this hump. But if you if you believed in the talent, if you believed in the message, then you thought that this team could definitely go the distance or could definitely at least make the Western Conference Finals. We're going to talk about this next series in a moment. But a few guys that I want to shout out here before we head to another break. Paul Millsap hit a couple threes, and they were huge. Jeremy Grant hit a couple threes, and they were huge. Gary Harris hit a couple threes, and they were huge. All three of those guys were 
excellent on the floor today. When they were mixed and matched with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, they did exactly what they needed to do in, in hitting the outside shots that they needed to hit at the perfect time. It felt like all of those guys, like like a couple of them, like they hit shots at the beginning, but it was it wasn't like it was it was fine. Like, but it felt like the floodgates opened as soon as the second half hit, where Denver puts up twenty eight in the third quarter. And the Clippers only put up 18, and then Denver keeps the pressure on with 22 in the fourth, which isn't a lot, but like in a fourth quarter of Game 7, you understand. Those guys hit shots. Jeremy Grant hitting his shot, who I thought was really, really big when he he came up to the, the dribble handoff with Nikola Jokic and then just immediately mm-hmm. fired with Kawhi Leonard right there. Like That was a confident stroke, and I'm glad that he took it. And I'm gl- really, really glad for him that he made it. He was one of the guys that I thought would really play a big part in this game tonight. Yeah, and they were they were great in the third quarter. I want to say that all six of those guys' threes all came in the third quarter. I know that Grant made two in a row, Millsap made two in a row, and I think both the Harris's came in the third quarter as well. So those guys were huge, especially when they didn't produce that much offensively in the first half. It was mostly just the Murray Jokic show, and then they come right out of the second half, floodgates open. I really think that got the got the squad going. Torrey Craig, Monte Morris, Michael Porter Jr., Mason Plumley, they all had their moments as well. I thought Mason Plumley was mostly brutal tonight in terms of like really contributing, mm-hmm. but he had it a couple awesome. of moments. He uh he he had a stop against Kawhi Leonard. Um and he had two turnovers and three fouls, so we won't really talk about him that much, but like um <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. It is what it is. But Michael Porter Jr., he grabbed seven rebounds in fifteen minutes and played decent defense. Torrey Craig was really good defensively as well. He had six rebounds himself, even had some nice cuts and some nice finishes at the rim. Uh, really, really impressive plays from him. Monte Morris had a three. That was big. Like Him hitting a three, is it's found money at this point with, with where he was at last year because he couldn't make any oh, shots. Oh, totally. Like, it's I just, almost feel like... Go he ahead. hit that three. Yeah, he hit that three in like what the it was the first quarter I think when he hit it right. And yeah. I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, the Nuggets have this. Like, if Monty's hitting, <sighs> like if they're if they're getting threes going in from their bench guys, like this is over because that's really all the Nuggets needed was just all the other guys to to hit some shots. Love yeah. it, man. Love it. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna share a couple more hot takes. We're gonna we're gonna crow a little bit about where the Nuggets stand as a franchise right now and how they're in the Western Conference Finals. They're going to face the Los Angeles Lakers. And if you're not supporting this Nuggets team, if you're not rooting for this Nuggets team, and you're rooting instead for the Los Angeles Lakers, then click off the podcast now because that's just really rude. We will be right back. Stiff Show, Ryan Blackburn here, joined today by Nick Herzog, Brandon Ewing. Guys, they doubted the Nuggets at every turn. They called Jokic soft. They said Murray wasn't the star, that the Nuggets didn't have enough talent. Just give me a scale of 1 to 10, where you're, where you're feeling at right now. How, how euphoric are you feeling, Brandon? I am feeling a solid 10. And I think it's because, one, I'm really happy the Nuggets proved everyone wrong. I'm really happy they're actually getting some national attention. I think that, you know, if you were to ask people around, they would maybe be able to name more than three or four Nuggets players now, which is huge. Huge from where we were a couple months ago. And I think what I'm even more excited about is I think the Clippers were probably the toughest team left for the Nuggets. So I think that they really got a shot. I mean, the the Nuggets almost beat the the Lakers in the regular season with the fighting PJ Dozers and the fighting Bull Bulls. So I mean, just wait <laughs> just wait to what they what they can do with Jokic and Murray. So I'm really excited for this series. I'm definitely riding high right now. I'm just I'm just enjoying the ride, man. And I don't I hope this train doesn't stop anytime soon. Nick, what about you? Trying to think of a bigger Nuggets win, and I'm having a hard time coming up with one. I was at the Nuggets win in '94 against Utah when they were down 3-0. So they had they had beaten the Sonics in the first round. They were down 2-0. They came back, won three in a row. That's the famous Dikembe Mutombo shot. I was uh, then they went down 3-0 against the Jazz in the next series. 
and they won game four. I was at game four. They won it on the last second shot, and it was just a random thing. I wasn't really a, much of a Nuggets fan at that point. I was all into the Bulls. I was a kid, you know, and I, I loved Michael sure. Jordan and stuff. And my dad got, like, cheap tickets to that game or whatever, and I remember that really got me hyped on the Nuggets, and I started following my local team a lot more. And that was one of the most exciting, like, sports moments I've ever had. In 2007, well, the, the Broncos Super the, the first Broncos Super Bowl was huge because Elway, you know, was kind of reaching the end of his career, and we didn't know if he'd get another shot, really. So for the Broncos to finally break through and get one was huge in Denver sports history. And then right. 07 with the Rockies run, um, that, was the, that was the year that got me into baseball. And it, it was a combination of stuff, like – I had a horrible year. There was a bunch of crap that that happened to me that was devastating. And I was having a really rough spring. And I started watching the Rockies every day because they were on every day. And I was like, all right, baseball's on every day. I'll give it a shot. Like, I had never been a baseball fan really much. And it just happened to be the year the Rockies went on that crazy run and ended up making it to the World Series. That season meant so much to me. It was so much more than just the games. It was so much more than just the sport. It was something I needed at that time. Right. And to me, this Nuggets run this year is every bit all of that. It's, you know, with the pandemic, with, uh, you know, in my personal life, I've had a ton of stuff happen to me this year that's been brutal uh, with, you know, following this team, uh, you know, for all of these years now and seeing these guys grow together with the bubble situation. It just is so much crap going on right now. Right. Like this is the run I personally needed as a Nuggets fan. And so to me, this is feeling like the biggest, you know, it's right up there with the Elway Super Bowl, with the, the Rockies run. Like this is one of the great moments in Nuggets history or in Denver sports history, in my opinion. It's um, unbelievable. And if you're not watching it, you have to get on board. I'm with you, man. And 2020, like you said, it's been a rough year. And all of the things that have gone on this year have really detracted for what the special product that we've seen from the Nuggets has been. And it wasn't always solid. It wasn't always perfect. But the Nuggets were always that resilient fighting team who you could count on in big moments. And they've delivered in this big moment. And, and they've delivered again and again and again. 6-0. and in elimination games in these playoffs so far how like it's, it's just unbelievable to see the run that they've been on it's something that i will never forget i'm young but like this is this is something that you, you just remember forever like like 2020 totally. no you will as, you absolutely as a, will run yeah. as a as a single year 2020 will be one of the historic years for me for a lot of reasons, for a lot of the COVID reasons, and and taking over as site manager this season for Denver Stiffs, and and it's just been quite the run, and to see it come down to this has been super valuable for me, for all of the people on staff. Like I've been, I've been really happy to be in our chats, and really happy to see everybody happy and excited, and just just over the moon about what they're seeing now. Uh. We just all needed this this year, didn't we? We oh, just, yeah. we just needed it. And we're, oh, for sure. And I'm not the only one. You know, I, I know there's plenty of people listening to this podcast right now that have suffered even more than I have. You know, there's people out of work. There's, It's been an awful year. We all know that. It's been horrendous. This is ridiculous what we've been going through this year. Wildfires. We're setting a record on 90-degree days in Denver this summer. It's, it, one thing after another has just been horrendous, right? And the Nuggets are our, there are, I don't even know. There are respite. There are saving grace. Saving uh, grace. Yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely that seems like a an apt description for them. Um, Brandon, what what are you going to remember the most about this run? I think just how special it is because I, I remember at a point where I did I didn't even think the NBA was going to come back. I, I wasn't sure how right. the bu- the bubble idea mm-hmm. was going to work. I I didn't think it would actually be successful. I, I think I was one of those believer or one of those people who was like. Okay, once they actually start this, I feel like somebody's actually going to get the virus and then it's all going to get shut down. But they have Me done too. they have done such an incredible job that I never even thought we would get to this point one. And then a few weeks ago when there's all the boycotting stuff too, you're like, well, maybe the season's going to stop short here too because I think that was before the Nuggets had game 6 against the Jazz. So I was yeah. like, well, you know, maybe there's no more NBA again and then 
the players decided to play again. And, and then we got to this point. So I think it's like we're all kind of playing with house money because you, you didn't know it was actually going to get to this point. And it, it really is just special. And I kind of want to piggyback on what this mean that what this win means for Denver sports because like Ryan I'm kind of a young guy so the biggest Denver sports win I can remember is that Rockies game in 2007 because I was actually at I was at the tiebreaker game and then I was at the NLCS game where they wow. uh, where they swept where awesome. they swept the Diamondbacks yeah. so I was young but I remember those and I'm not a Broncos fan so the Super Bowl for me meant nothing I was kind of yeah. mad the Broncos actually won so yeah uh, and that Super Bowl was kind of like <laughs> I don't know. That was that Super Bowl was a lot of fun, but it didn't have the same kind of like meaning to it. It was no. just like, oh, the Broncos were good. They had a good defense and they won. It was different. That like the, that '97 one, that first one with Elway was that was a much different feel. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100. percent Like I didn't think that was that special. Like this is truly something special. Just the whole setup of 2020, everything going on, just the bubble format. I really think this is arguably one of the hardest NBA championships of them all, just with everything going. I mean, the Nuggets mm-hmm. have been in one spot in one hotel for 70 days now. I mean, that's incredible. It is absolutely insane. They've been away from their families, everything. I don't even know how they're doing it, but they are battling. They're battle-tested, and I think if they could win this NBA championship, it, it truly will be one of the best NBA championships of all time. Yeah, the only asterisk that belongs on this championship is to say that this one's extra special. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Like, this, this Nuggets team has been playing every other day since now. Yep. Like, like yep. they really have just, just been going at it for all of this time. And we saw on we saw on Twitter that, that Mark Spears, had he posted that, oh, man, uh, there was source inside the Clippers locker room that said, uh, man, we, we just couldn't play our guys because they were so fatigued and so exhausted. Like, Come on, dude. Oh, I hated that. The Nuggets, I hated are, that so the much. Nuggets have been going so hard yeah. for all of this, and they've been fighting with their backs against the wall. If any team was going to be tired, it was going to be the team that had to scratch, claw, and fight their way back. And the Nuggets did that. They've done it time and time again this season. This is the culmination of it, and it's been really exciting to see. Uh, I want to talk about the Lakers for like five to ten minutes. I don't want to talk about it for that long. We will have other podcasts to do so. Um, Skip, I'll start with you on this one. We saw what the Lakers did against the Houston Rockets. They dismantled them in five games, really broke their spirit. They're not going to break the spirit of the Nuggets. The Nuggets are not quitters. The The Rockets clearly are. Um, is it as simple as that to say that this series is going to go long? And that the Nuggets can still match up with anybody, or is it more complex than that? Is are the are the Lakers a vastly better team than the Clippers? No, I don't think the Lakers are vastly better team. I, I honestly think that the Clippers are a better team, but I would say I think the Lakers probably have a little more chemistry just because I think LeBron kind of wills that out of people. Kawhi is kind of more of a silent leader, and I think kind of Paul George is the same thing but I think LeBron's a little different he kind of wills those guys to be a good team and to have that chemistry so I think it'll be a little different but I think the Nuggets just will and wherewithal to want to to want to be great to want to win a championship and I they always play with that no pressure mindset and and that stems from Michael Malone always talking about it, and that feeds off to the players every time we hear the players talk they're talking about yeah we have no pressure and I think they're going to go in with the same mindset here and I think it'll also help that they have two days off from this game seven because they didn't get that last time so they they already started the series bad with the Clippers and that wasn't their fault at all because they had like 24 hours to get rested here they have 48 hours I really think that I think this series is going to go seven games, and I really like the Nuggets' chances just because they've been there before. I think that they're going to have the will to get it done. and I just I just can't bet against these guys because every time you count them out, they prove you wrong. So I'm always going to be betting on the Nuggets' side, and I think that they can get it done. I don't think the Lakers are superior at all, and I think the Nuggets are right there with them. Oh, we know this series is going seven. I think it's I think it's pretty clear based <laughs> off of Denver's history that they they can't do it any other way, right? Like Nick, this <laughs> this team just that they just live in the cardiac state all the time. They do. It does seem that way. Although I'm gonna make a hot take here. I'm taking Nuggets in six. Ooh, there we go. There yeah. we go. Wow. No, I'm serious. I think I I was way more concerned about the Clippers than I was about the Lakers in a, in a matchup against the Nuggets. I thought. 
the defense the Clippers could play, especially the perimeter defense, was really going to bottle up everything the Nuggets could do. It just didn't. And I don't, I do not see an answer. Okay. Who's going to guard? Okay. Who's shutting down Jokic? I'm sorry. AD is not shutting down Jokic. I don't know who, there's a bunch of people out there talking about AD being this like perfect matchup for Jokic. First of all, AD is not a center. He never wants to play center. It, they probably will put him on Jokic and, and make him a center in this series. I don't see it. I, Gobert is every bit the defensive player that AD is, and Jokic was fine against Gobert. I mean, he caused him some issues, but it wasn't. He doesn't shut him down, right? Sure. And then you you move out to the perimeter. So you say, who's who's guarding Murray, right? I'm uh, Rondo and Danny Green. I, they're good defensive players. I'm fine with Murray. With what Murray showed me against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Pat Beverly. I'll take I'll take Danny Green and Rajon Rondo in that matchup. <laughs> Over it, it's all three. It almost seems right? laughable for Murray to have to go from uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly to Kentavious Caldwell Pope, uh, Avery KCP? Bradley. Oh, Avery Bradley's well, not whoever. even there. Like, like yeah, right. Like That's... Danny Green is there. Rajon Rondo. I don't Al- see it. Alex Caruso. I mean, he might be the best defender of that bunch. But like, come on now. Like, like we're, yeah. we're talking like. There, there are just levels to this thing in terms of perimeter defense and being able to do that. Now, the Clippers didn't have a guy, a big man, who could switch onto Jamal and cause him problems. I think Anthony Davis is like that. Rudy Gobert uh, is a little bit slower and, and more uh, interior-based than Anthony Davis is as a defender. But we're going to have a really interesting time with this thing because LeBron just can't start defending Murray. He's not hmm. going to do that. Uh He's not just going to start defending Jokic. Like, I think they're going to keep him off of him. They're going to keep LeBron off of Murray and Jokic for the majority of the series. I mean, he, he might switch on to him in the fourth quarter, you know, two minutes left or something like that. But that's, yeah, it's not going to be a, a, a game time, a, a game long matchup. But it's not like he's a stopper either. Like and mm. like Kawhi's a better defender than LeBron, I think. I think oh, that's, yeah. that's pretty clear. And and he's, a, he's like that against both perimeter players and interior players. So we're going to see how that boils out. Um, I'm not going to make a prediction about this series because I, I just, I would feel bad about betting against the nuggets again. Uh, I just, I, they're, they've got to be so tired, right? They've got to be exhausted. Skip. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought they were tired going into this one though. And then they, all, <laughs> they, they, they proved us all wrong. So I, they're young. They are they are very young. They're spry. They're scrappy, and I mean they're getting two days off. And I don't remember the last time they got two days off in this Orlando trip. So I mean this could be huge. Paul Millsap's going to get not one round but two rounds of golf in. So you know he's going to be reju- <laughs> he's going to be rejuvenated. So I'm excited. I was going to ask, do you guys think that Will Barton will make an appearance in this series? Nick, I'll I'll let you handle that first. I, I have I have no idea where his health is at. If, if he's well, let's just assume that Will Barton is like healthy and he's just been kind of waiting like to see what happened in this series and then they're going to bring him back. I, I don't know. I struggled. Look, any more healthy bodies that can play will be helpful. Bring him back. Uh, he'll be a helpful locker room guy, if nothing else. Uh, he's a guy you can bring in if you need a, a lift in a game three, game four, or something like that. I just have a hard time imagining fitting him into this group now that's already on this role when he hasn't played at all in what six months what are, what are yeah. we talking about it's about um, six months now i i just i i don't know like or maybe maybe you find a way to ease him in you give him you give him five six minutes uh in game one and game two just kind of see how he responds to it or something like that because i i do think there were a couple of games in the clipper series where they were really missing barton like full strength barton was missed in the first two rounds but I don't. How do you have full strength Barton? How do you get him up to speed to playoff speed in time to just like insert him against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals? I'm not. I'm not sure how that how that would work. Well, we did see that with Gary Harris. We did see that with other guys, and and it was a slow right. process with Gary Harris, but he was able to do it because he's he's a very talented player and he's a very skilled defender. Uh, and that just doesn't leave you in six months. Uh, but you're right. Will Barton's role as somebody who does everything is going to be harder to get that up to speed than it was to get Gary Harris up to it and say, hey, you've been paying attention for this playoffs. Stop 
X. Just or, go in and play defense. Yeah, right. exactly. And hey, hey, hit perimeter shots and stop X. And that that was his role. So we're gonna see how we're gonna see how that boils down. But I'm I'm really looking forward to watching this with you guys because the Nuggets like they could do anything. They they literally are in that stage right now, in that mind space where anything is possible. And they can take this as far as they can take it because they have the talent. There is no doubt in my mind that a team that can go up against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and all of the other players that, that were extremely talented on the Clippers, they can go up against that team and come out victorious. Like they can definitely do the same thing against the Lakers. It might be a difficult matchup. It might there might be different things that are presented, but I am not counting this team out anymore. That is out of the question. And it's just crazy that at this point in their progression, the one of the youngest teams in the NBA, they were the what second youngest barely uh, team in in the NBA playoffs this year, has the chance to win a championship this year. I mean, look, not a few people picked the Clippers to win it all this year. Like, I think we need to not lose that. Like, a lot of people think the Clippers were better than the Lakers. I'm one of them. I I thought the Clippers were a a much bigger problem than the Lakers. Lakers have LeBron. So if LeBron goes nuclear, if he's got one more bonkers series, you know, left in in him or or one more run where he can just be, you know, on, on some other level, some sort of alien. Great. You tip your hat to him. We've got five, six more years of this. <laughs> we can run it back again next year, um, but I don't. I don't know that LeBron has enough around him. I really don't. I, I do not like the makeup of this Lakers team. I think this roster is weird, uh, kind of poorly constructed. I mean, they did what they could with the money they had and the situation they had uh, based on what they had to give up to get AD. But I just don't think this is like an optimal lineup that they have around LeBron and AD. And I think the Nuggets do. I think the Nuggets have uh, something really going here as a team. And short of a a huge choke job and short of LeBron going crazy, I think the Nuggets have a 50-50 chance easily to win this series. And then, you know, who who thinks that Celtics are the heater better than the Lakers? So this is what we're talking about. Like, I, I think the Clippers were every bit the challenge that any of the teams left were. So and the Nuggets just beat them. So it's a coin flip. Like we have a chance. Like we, you know, we have a, sh- a shooter's chance, a puncher's chance to to win it all this year, and that's crazy to me. That is so far ahead of schedule, in my opinion. I love it. I love it. Skip, give me your give me your final take on the Lakers on on Denver situation right now before we head out of here for the night. I think the momentum is hard to slow down, and I think the Nuggets have all of it right now. They're only going to have two days off. The Lakers. By the time the ball tips on Friday night, they have they would not have played in, I think it's a week. So the Nuggets have all the momentum. I actually, the more I think about it, I, I kind of wouldn't be shocked if the Nuggets started this series hot. They kind of flipped the script from what they've done the last few series. And I wouldn't be surprised if they could get this series done in six games or so. As long as they can slow down LeBron and AD, just, just stop one of them. And, I mean, they just did it to Kawhi and Paul George, so... I don't have any doubts that they could do it against LeBron and AD. I know LeBron's a bit of a different animal, but momentum is a hard thing to slow down, and the Nuggets have all of it right now. So I'm I'm just excited. I'm going to be enjoying this ride, and I'm hoping they can go all the way. If there was ever a time to say that the Nuggets are playing with house money, it's probably <laughs> now. Uh, this was not something that we expected to happen fully. Like I think that even if you give all of our staff uh, truth serum and say, hey, what is actually going to happen in your mind? I think everybody would have said that the Nuggets were going to lose to the Clippers. And and there is definitely some truth to that, given that the, the, the perspective that was thrown out there and what they genuinely believed in and, and what this team has proven versus what the Clippers had proven at that point. But all of that was thrown out. And the Nuggets had an opportunity to really take this game to the next level, to really take themselves to the next level. They've gotten better in this bubble as a team. At the beginning of these playoffs, they couldn't defend anybody. And now, we saw them shutting down Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And I fear for LeBron James and Anthony Davis in this next playoff series because if they take this team lightly, they have another thing coming. They're going to get rolled. 
Guys, thank you so much for hopping on with me. Really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, he is Nick Herzog, uh, writer and podcast extraordinaire for Denver Stiffs. Make sure to follow him on Twitter. Uh, Skip, Brandon Ewing, senior writer for Denver Stiffs. Make sure to follow him as well. He does a lot of memes. He's that kind of guy. Uh, guys, <laughs> thank you so much for hopping on with me. Thank you, Ryan. It was a pleasure. Proud That's City, stand up. Fraud City, baby. That's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. Make sure to tune in. Uh, we're going to have other podcast episodes breaking down what happened here. Going to have Andy Feinstein on on Thursday night, and we're gonna we're gonna have a nice conversation with him about what the hell just happened with this team. We're gonna break it all down. Make sure to check, head over to Denver Stiffs if you're looking for great Nuggets content. Uh, we've got highlights, podcasts, editorials, recaps, previews, everything that you want from your Nuggets coverage perspective. We can bring it to you. Make sure to check out DenverStiffs.com. Leave us a rating, review, subscribe. That is going to do it here. We will talk to you guys very soon.